Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. It's funny, dude. Like, I remember just in my 20s, like, you know, this girl I was dating, I mean, she was, like, crying. I was literally, no, I was late teens, 20s, and it just, she was freaked out because, like, if we went out anywhere, it's like, okay, well, I have to make, at the time, was screwdrivers. So I had to drink up, like, three screwdrivers just so we could go out. Sure. And I was like trying to explain to her like i don't know i just don't feel comfortable around people unless i'm drunk you know? your anxiety yeah and it just freaked bit, yeah. her out mm-hmm. dude it just freaked her out and it's like yeah it's still like that man inside the 5150 studios this is knocking doors down your host jason here with mikey what is going on people of course i come from a background of uh, alcoholism some uh, divorce some childhood trauma and other areas but taking all those things and used them to fuel my future and do positive things this podcast and of course uh, mikey some struggles as well yeah i got myself busted a time or two and- but Makes us who we are today, am I right? That's right, and we can turn all those negative things into a positive thing, and our guest, Edward Furlong, is doing just that. That's right, Edward Furlong, man, such a cool dude to talk with. Yeah, he really was uh, such a blast, and uh, you're going to hear him get into all kinds of stuff. Of course, we will ask him about some of those movies you want to know about, Terminator 2, of course, being one of them. It is one of the all-time greatest action sci-fi films of all time. Uh, we get into a little Detroit Rock City. My personal favorite. And uh, really talk about the uh, depths of his addiction and uh, how it really got taken off, and, and a lot of the things and decisions that he made were pretty bad, but... Uh, you know, eventually hit that point of just needing to turn life around. So it's uh, great to see him. He was a total blast. We got to go to L.A., interview him in a hotel room. Was such a cool guy. Yeah, just, you know, even he was like, oh, you got the whole setup and whatnot, because we were kind of wondering how that was going to go with L.A. County being completely shut down, but we made it work. We made it work, and uh, we couldn't have done it without our sponsor, 5150. That's right, 5150LTM.com. If you, uh, you watch some of the videos uh, that we posted all the time and the ones this week with Edward, uh, you'll see that Mikey and myself are wearing 5150 gear. You can click the link in the podcast description. Head on over there to the store. Pick yourself up some of that gear that uh, really is what knocking doors down is all about turning your adversities into your advantage or living the madness as they say and uh, when we say that we mean taking the idea of anything that you want to do and achieve and that you can go out and put all your effort into it and go out and get it if you want it that much let's get it Edward Furlong with us. Mikey, this is so badass. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, man. Edward, what is up, dude? Uh, Dude, just glad to be here, man. Yeah. Glad to be here. I'm like totally impressed because we're in a hotel. Whole got setup a, here. We got yeah. the setup, man. You guys yeah. are legit. Yeah, no, we yeah. are. We wouldn't we wouldn't shortchange you, you know. This is a cool experience for us. Of course, you know. Like Mike and I were talking, you know, we've gone through, you know, your career of movies and kind of grew up with you at the same time. And so it's it's yeah. kind of a trip, too, for us to come and, and talk about, you know, sobriety. I know that there's some of the things I know about your path to it that you I can parallel. you sober, right? Well, yeah, mine was alcohol, so that was what mine yeah. was. And Mikey had uh, uh, cocaine usage. I had cocaine. I did. Uh, I was in rehab for cocaine and whatnot. So I drink on occasion, yeah. but I drugs are out. 
drugs yeah. are out. So sober to be like the definition of it, no, because I'll still have cocktails on the weekend and whatnot. But yeah. I was what Jason calls a normie. I can have <laughs> yeah. some and then stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's right? amazing, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah here I, am. I have like one beer now, and I'm like, okay, I need a rail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I, you know what? And that's yeah. the weird thing for me is it, you know, my sides, it differed, you know, it was more on my dad's side. It was, you know, not that alcohol is clearly a drug, but it was, you know, classified differently. You yeah. know, they were more the, the hardcore drugs, whereas my mom's was the alcohol. And I'm thankful that, you know, I tried a couple of drugs and it was like no take. But then when I went through some crazy trauma, yeah. you know, 10, 12 years ago, it was like it took off. It just it, it got worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much like both. I mean, and alcohol. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, I mean, alcoholism is like running my family and everything. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah. I mean, it fucks you up sometimes worse than drugs do. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? Oh like, yeah. It's 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 pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly, dude. So like, were you introduced to it at a young age? Being like, because Terminator Two was that your big breakthrough as an actor? Yeah, I mean. <sighs> You know, like, I, yeah, basically, mm -hmm. like, right at a very young age, um, yeah, I, it was, it's like just one of those stories, dude. Like, when yeah. I first smoked weed, I was, like, ready to do everything, <laughs> you know? Like, I was uh -huh. like, dude, this is amazing. Like, I, I was like a, you know, I, I don't know, I felt like an awkward <clears throat> kid, sort of, sure. and, you know, had felt like I had trouble fitting in, and then I just, like, found, you know, yeah. like, this, this this world that I could live in and be sure. the life of the party and you know all of that yeah. so you know it was really hard for me to stop you know and thank god dude I got like two and a half years oh yeah for you. Like, that's awesome great, dude. Yeah, I mean it's crazy dude I'm coming up to three years but you know I mean for the longest time I just basically like gave up on being able to quit because mm -hmm. I kind of um how do I say like based everything on like who i am right yeah. with that mm -hmm. yeah you know like uh you know and i i couldn't i didn't know who i would be right you know and that's still like a struggle that i go through every day i mean two and a half years and i'm still figuring it out yeah, yeah. you know no absolutely. well it, it absolutely does for those that are listening that maybe haven't gone through it or, or have someone that they know to understand that it becomes such a part of your psyche and your identity because you start to feel that connectivity that you want with other people, but you can only do it like when you're in the moment of using, which is like yeah. the ultimate trick that just fucks with your head. Um, at least I know for me, that's what it was. It, you know, and I still struggle with confidence myself. So, it's, you know, yeah, hearing yeah. you say that. It's, uh, it's weird. And, and, you know, that's the thing, like, I think, like, about quitting is, you know you really have to want it mm -hmm. and like by the end i was you know addicted to heroin and you know i was a slave to it and yeah. basically you know the party was gone and i was like fooling myself you yeah. know what i mean like the lifestyle that i was going towards which was fun in the beginning was gone and it had been gone for a long time it was just like basically a one-track mind, me, myself, and I, and a fucking needle like, yeah. every day, you know, and that's that's all it became, you know. Oh, and just uh, yeah, and I, I, it was a while there. I was like, dude, I really want to stop. Yeah. So it's like when I, I knew I was gonna quit when mm -hmm. I quit, you know. 
Well, that's the thing too. You, like you said, you have to want it because a lot of people, you know, they'll get cornered or kind of forced into a rehab or something. That's not going to do any good. They have to want to quit in order for it to stick. You know what I'm saying? Because like, oh no, I'm doing it because my chick wants me to, or my parents want me to, I don't want to, I feel like I'm fine, but blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not going to work then. You have to want to get sober and you have to, you know, want to stay sober in order for it to work. You got to do it for yourself, not for anybody else. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? So it's crazy, dude. Cause like now I'll be like on the other side of the situation. It's like, I even have a dear friend of mine that's been struggling with Mm -hmm. it and I want to do everything I can to help her. And I just want to like, you know, I don't know, just like slap her and I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. don't you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and uh, no, man, She's just no, ready. it's just, and it's, it, I've been there. Like, I totally understand. Yeah, like, yeah. I was just, you know, I, yeah, there's nothing you can say or do to force somebody. You can't make somebody do what right. you want them to do. They yeah. have to come to that realization on their own. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that reality that uh, there's two things that happen. You either get clean or you die. And that, yeah. And that's it, you know. Or you just even worse, you know what I mean? Like, you don't die. And uh-huh. you just, like, basically, like, you know, lose your mind or, like, yeah. lose everything. You know, realize that your life basically added up to nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, that just scares me, dude. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, I got sober kind of late. I got sober... Um, when I was like 41 or 40, it's been two and a half years. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, even then I'm like, damn, dude, so much time lost, you know, doing that. About at what age did you start using anything? Um, Kind of in my 20s. Oh, okay. Like when I started kind of getting into the cocaine, the heroin. Just at a party, offered a line kind of thing or? yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. dude. Like, you know, in the Hollywood scene, you know, back then, I mean, even now, but like, you know, Coke was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's and not a problem here. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, dude. Well, it's like Nothing goes together Hollywood, like it's chicks like... and blow. Like, it, was, it was great. It was great times at the time. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's one of the funny things. We had Brandon Novak on and uh, we, we all joked about us. People were like, oh, you must have been miserable. No, at first it was fucking fun. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome at first. Yeah, and then... I wouldn't have been doing it if right? it wasn't. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude. I said the same shit, dude. When I went into rehab, they were like, okay, now what, what are you running from? What was your struggles? And I'm like, nothing. Have you ever done coke? It's a fucking blast. Like, I had a good time on it. You know, because in rehab, like Brandon said, right. my worst stay sober is still better than my best day high and he's like that's complete bullshit i've had some plenty of good times high but you're fucking ultimately you're killing yourself and it's and it becomes very much a falsehood yeah and like you said the party's over you know what i mean well eventually it was like you know i mean yeah it started out with like you know yeah like going out Mm -hmm. and coke and pussy and all of it you know what i mean and then eventually like the pussy started getting edged out mm-hmm. and it just became more and more about the blow. Right. right. It's right. just like, that's, I mean, it just, I wasn't, the party was gone, dude. Like, yeah. It, just, it wasn't about that anymore. And you know that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that, I mean, I've met people that can do that and they're just like fine. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're like someone who, you know, is obsessing more on actually getting high than you are on actually being around people. Right. It's like, 
you know that's when you have a problem no yeah for sure it's like the main focus is just finding another bag you know as opposed to getting shit done because i have friends myself that have been doing it since longer than i can remember and still do it and have a fucking great job you know they were still they do it recreationally and whatnot and they're just i i don't get it i don't understand it sounds like it's fucking miserable i only did it once and my heart was like you got to level it out with some jameson or something (laughs) oh i'm pretty sure i did that too well let's kind of jump back i'm curious of of how you even got into acting did you have a bug as a kid or you know was like family supportive or how did that thought you were found at a ymca no no, it was oh. a boys club. Boys club. Boys okay. club. Boys and girls club. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, it's weird, man. It's it's kind of crazy. Like uh, you know, it's sort of like the secret in a weird way. Sure. Like I mean, as a kid, I loved movies. Man. Sure. I used to watch a ton of movies, and uh, I I wanted to make movies as a kid. I wanted to be in movies, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I didn't have any connection or anything with Hollywood at all, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, I definitely obsessed on it sure. as a kid. Sure. And um, yeah, so I was at a boys' club, and this casting director came up and asked me. It was Mally Finn, and she asked me if I wanted to try out for a movie. She didn't say what movie, you know. And uh, I ran home, and I was like, "Oh my God, they want me to try out for a movie, my aunt and uncle." At the time, they're like. Well, it might be like child porn or something. Some random chicks coming up to you. Like, I'm sure she was eyeing you. I wouldn't trust that, you know. (laughs) And it's like, you know, they called, and then, bam, it was the, uh, it was, it was for Terminator Two, and it's just like, yeah, man. And it was, it was crazy, you know, like just, yeah. Like I remember my first uh, reading was. just you know i and, and i it's like I, I was like in this whole place i'd run away from home and everything okay. so then it was amazing because mm-hmm. like the casting director's like i just want you to you know um uh make it up as you go along mm-hmm. you know and uh, just be mad at your mom so like that was totally easy you can cuss at her you can do whatever you want <laughs> so it was pretty because you, know? you you mentioned your aunt and uncle so were you living with your aunt and uncle then and let, had left your mom is that what the, yeah at the uh, time at wow. the time yeah yeah and i'm good i'm good with all of them now excellent but um yeah so it's just you know like instantly i got like how much of like a therapeutic thing like acting was and just yeah i loved it yeah and i just you know I don't know. It's like, you know, winning the golden ticket. What yeah. the irony of it. it wow. Because I've had, I've, I remember we, when, when we talked with um, Andy Buckley from The Office and he was talking about, the, you know, excellent casting directors. It's almost like they have a sense. It's almost like the lady could see the angst in you of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because I remember for me as a kid feeling that, you know, that frustration. We're pretty much the same age. And that crazy frustration. And here's this character, John Connor, when I felt like totally powerless uh you know short skinny kid at the time you know and then wow here's this kid and i can kind of relate to that and you know yeah and doing all the the you know the lines and everything and and so what really what was it like like when you got on set because here you are you're with linda hamilton and arnold schwarzenegger and james cameron and oh my god it was uh it was uh you know it was life-changing i mean yeah. it um you know it was amazing and overwhelming and like everything all at once like uh you know um 
I mean, obviously, like, we grew up with Arnold and the Predator and <laughs> sure. shit, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, and then Jim, like, you know, I mean, he was a director that I knew of. I knew his name because he had directed Aliens and, yeah. like, the original Terminator and shit. And, uh, you know, it was just a huge, like, <clears throat> learning experience, you know? Like, um, it, uh, it was crazy because like shooting a movie like we shot that over like nine months mm-hmm. yeah and uh it it's kind of like a you know very slow slow process especially on a movie like that like the scene in the river was like really really long we spent like over a month doing that oh shit so you're talking about the chase scene yeah the chase yeah. scene and it's just like you know as a kid i'm learning how movies are made and shit so it's like you know i and it was so i was like baffled when I first saw the movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" I was, gonna, I thought it was gonna look like shit, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, they actually knew what they were doing. You know, like, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. fucking crazy to jump just to. You know, I'm sure when that came out, you're just celebrity overnight. Like that had to have been weird to adjust to, right? Like, um, yeah. All I of mean, a sudden, yeah, it was in a weird way. Like, um, and don't get me wrong, like. I don't take any of it back. Like, sure. I've been blessed. I've had the best, like, journey ever. Yeah. But, like, um, you know, yeah, it was, it's weird because you're you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you're having a different point of view than everybody else right. is. Right. I think everybody else is seeing it much more than you are. You're just kind of, like, sort of in the middle of it all. Right. Yeah. kind of like, you know. But you're bugging out because there's, like, fucking, you know, photographers chasing you and shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're like, uh you know, um, and I mean, I guess I was kind of lucky because it didn't really, well, no, I'm wrong. It didn't <laughs> go to my head. I mean, it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I, yeah, how could it, it not? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're in this all yeah. these great movies and whatnot. Like, it, yeah. it's normal. I mean, I would imagine it would go to your head. But it's, 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 it's definitely like, you know, it was more like just, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, you know, what's going on? And you feel like an opera kid. And you feel even more like, what is up? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was a trip, man. It I was a trip. Imagine. But it was like, it's weird, man. Like, with success, it's like, it never feels like, there's no, like, end point where you're like, dude, like, I've made it. Right, You know right, what I right. mean? There's always someone better. There's always some, you know, you're not always good enough a bigger to do fish. this. You know, like, <laughs> right. I mean, it's... Or they got paid more, or they got this chick, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you just kind of, you know, because... You know, it's 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 a tough business. So after Terminator Two, what uh, you know, some subsequent roles in there. I mean, you got started getting a lot of accolades after that too. Some uh, MTV yeah. awards and uh, was it Sundance Picture Awards? I'm trying to remember what some of the other awards and nominations. And I mean, some big actors: Edward Norton, Meryl Streep in there. I mean, you know, a series of movies. So, what is that like when you? Because Terminator Two, when that came out, you were 16. Uh, no, when Terminator 2 came out, I was 13. 13, oh, okay. I couldn't mm-hmm. remember what the, how long it took after filming the edit from that. Yeah. So at 13, and Hollywood's kind of a buzzing for you. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, like I said, it's weird. You're kind of like, you know, in the middle of it. So I didn't really feel, it's funny, dude. Like when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, dude, that was, that was gnarly. But um, I was blessed, dude. Like yeah. I was really blessed. And... Um, you know, it's weird, dude. Like the things like we manifest and sure. as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I think we lose that as we get older. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, and yeah, 
dude, like acting, you know, I was lucky, dude. Like so many people don't know what they want to do for a living. Or, yeah. like, I still don't. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, dude. Like, it's like that for a lot of people. And I'm blessed because I love what I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's always been, you know, and when you love what you do, you're good at it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's really incredible, too, because you were saying as a kid, you knew you wanted to be in movies, and you're in one of the biggest, greatest movies ever, in my opinion, Terminator, at 13. You yeah. I mean? You're still a fucking kid at 13, and <laughs> oh, you yeah. are already, and that's no commercials first, no, you know, anything, just straight to the big, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, That is yeah. incredible, good for you. Well, yeah, it's insane. Hell yeah. It's, it's crazy, dude. Like, uh, yeah, that shit... You know, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I do have a question for you, though. So, American History X, fantastic movie. Did you, after that came out, did you get any kind of weird stuff from fans? Like, you're acting, obviously, but, oh, like, did dude. you get some people that were, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, yeah. Okay. Like, um, it's weird, dude. Uh, yeah. Like, actually, like, um, just recently, I was at, like, a convention, and, uh, this guy came up with like an American History X poster, and he's like, "Can you sign it and then say Make America Great Again?" Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> like, oh, fucking shit. I was like, "No, no, <laughs> no. dude, no." Um, but uh, yeah, it's weird. Like a lot of like uh, you know, like white supremacists love that movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. For whatever reason, I guess they don't get to the did, end of the movie. I was gonna yeah. say you gotta watch yeah. the whole movie. Did, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But. Um, yeah, it's it's weird when that movie came out. Like, you know, it was very ballsy. Like, sure, no sure. one had ever you know done anything like that. So we were all kind of tripping out. Like, I mean, when we were making that movie, and you know, Norton's like saying the shit he's saying. It was just like we're all sitting there going like, Yeah, yeah no, I can imagine, dude. Yeah. Like, oh my god, dude, it's ah, we're gonna get shot. Yeah, you know? like you know, like <laughs> yeah. fuck, man. And Make like, sure the set is closed about a mile and a half away so <laughs> yeah. no one can see us. <laughs> right. Please, you know. Check the trees yeah dude. dude all of that but oh my god no it's and it's amazing i'm so proud of it man because like dude people you know come up to me all the time that you know a lot of people said it's changed their lives sure. and then like yeah. you know they it gets shown at school like oh yeah. Social yeah. Studies yeah. Classes yeah. And yeah shit. so very informative too like yeah. when it first starts out you're like oh fuck like this is gnarly but for those listening who haven't seen it, American History X, like watch that. Get to the end of it, watch, which you'll have no problem because thing. it's a great movie. But get to the end of it, and it is a very—it's a good message. It's a positive message. I'm getting the chills talking about it because it was such an intense scene when Ed Norton was holding you in the bathroom. It was like, oh fuck, like that got me choked up because he finally got it. He understood. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. was too late for you. Yeah, he's so amazing in that dude. Oh gosh, you guys all were. So Everybody in that amazing, movie killed dude. it. Even yeah. uh. What's that big guy's name? He plays Ethan. Tuna? Ethan Suplee. Ethan, yeah, he was great in it too. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just, it was yeah, very. Yeah. What was the process of it? Because um, <laughs> you're very, uh, of course, because it's a character, people. So those that don't understand that, what it, what kind of process do you go through to get into that kind of mindset? Because being that it's not of your nature at all, you're nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, people that follow you on social media can clearly see you are nothing like that whatsoever. At least in public. At least. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but uh, how do you how do you get into such a dark like place of that kind of character? Dude, I love it, man. Like, really? I mean, honestly, like uh, you know, 
I'd like to say that I got like really, you know, like, uh, you know, like, you know, like into my character and had to like, you know, become, the, I, I naturally as an actor, dude, like I can just kind of be me and then when the camera rolls, just go into it. Yeah. And for me, I mean, you know, I have a lot of anger, so it's easy <laughs> to kind of tap into that, right, you right. know what I mean? And it's a nice excuse, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, and that's why I love it, dude. Like, right. uh, you know. It's, uh, for me, it's sort of, um, yeah, like I said, like therapeutic, you know, mm -hmm. just to kind of do it. And, you know, like I said, you know, there's a lot of things that like, you know, you're doing on it and we're just like, I don't know, dude, I don't know. But like, I think it's important to, you know, know. I mean, for me, as yeah. an actor, I, I feel completely separate from the character because right. I know that I'm playing a character, you right, know what I right. mean? And, uh, you know, it could be it could be whatever. I mean, I, you know, I could be saying racist shit, but I could be thinking about, like, my anger towards my dad or something. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, um, It's more the subtext of what you're saying as opposed to the actual verbiage. Verbiage, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... Um, you know, I mean, dude, like, um, Norton was like, you know, he's, I mean, he was amazing, dude. I mean, he, he was on point the whole yeah. time and he was very professional and, you know, there was some pretty fucking intense method. In was he more of a method actor kind of stayed to character a little bit? Not so much of a shut off kind of guy like yourself no. or no, not really, not really. Um, I didn't see too much like method acting or anything like that. Yeah, who would be oh, method? Yeah. That's like Heath Ledger. No, that's like uh, uh, Jim Daniel Carrey. Day -Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis is yeah. yeah crazy. He's, he only takes so many roles, and he you know yeah. when he's Abe Lincoln, I am Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. You know Jim Carrey when he was uh, Andy Kaufman, he'd walk around set as the Tony Tony Clifton character, and he'd walk around and yeah. you know, and he would be that way, and people had to call him Andy on set. You know, it's like yeah. See, I would go crazy. <laughs> right. I think like, I would. If I had to do that, that. Like I would like go crazy. I couldn't do that because I, I don't know that would fuck me up yeah, like, yeah I have to go home take off my clothes jerk off as Eddie <laughs> <laughs> fucking, jerk off you know, as Eddie <laughs> you know. tomorrow we'll go back to being <laughs> Daniel Vineyard let yeah, me yeah. just sit here in peace and punch the clown by myself and punching the clown <laughs> don't steal my clown punch you taught me that I, that's, that's forever my psyche now punching the yeah. clown <laughs> oh, shit yeah. uh, so what were your like really cool on set kind of memories of stuff I mean everyone from you know from Arnold to you know Edward Norton or whoever. I mean, you got so many again, like Meryl Streep's in there, and you know, yeah, these encounters with people and and through different points in your in your life too. That I, I would assume because you are growing up on set, that some yeah. of these people maybe like a mentor that that were something positive. You know, Jeff Bridges. I worked oh, with him God, dude. Uh, back in the day. Like he was like my second movie and. Yeah. Uh, Jeff was a mentor, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, working with him, you know, it it was it was amazing. Like, yeah. you know, and he's so friendly. He's such a good guy, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, you know, I didn't have like as a kid like so many male role role models. Right. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. like, I looked up to Jeff, and uh, I learned a lot. Yeah, you know, like I remember like when I was working with him, he constantly when we're not doing a when we're like in between takes to be like okay shh, shh, just 
don't do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, it could piss you off, but he's right. You know what I mean? Like, and he meant he meant well. Like, you know, and it's like, yeah, dude. Like, I learned so much. He's so good. He's so like natural, dude. Like, yeah. he's so relaxed mm -hmm. when he does it. And uh, you know, and then just from then on, dude. Like, I've I've had amazing times for different reasons on a bunch of shit even mm. on the crappy movies you yeah. know like one of the crappy well i shouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> it might be one of them i like though oh no no you know what i did this movie called knights of the quest okay a long time ago, and i don't even uh, know really what happened with it. i don't even know if it came out here and it was like supposed to be this international movie or whatever but you know like basically what it comes down to is i like lived in Italy for six months and that was amazing like yeah, that yeah. was you know and that was like when I was in my 20s and yeah yeah are you the Edward from the America it's a universal language man. that's right yeah. that's yeah. right oh shit so what was it like when one of the, the the movies that ended up becoming a cult classic that initially wasn't though Detroit Rock City I stole all your one-liners. I don't know how many times I've told people, like they say in the tampon biz, I'll see you next period. Yeah. So what was that process like? Because I know that Gene Simmons was kind of hands-on in the production, too. Obviously, you had the scenes with Shannon Tweed, fucker. Yeah, um, I know, right? Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. Shannon Tweed. Damn it. Um, yeah. But that had to have been a pretty cool and fun one to do. Um. Yeah, dude. Like it was I amazing. I, like, I don't um, think I could have done it. I yeah, <laughs> dude. I remember Shannon like, oh my god, dude. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, she almost like wanted to, you know, she wanted to like leave Jean, and I was like, no, Shannon, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna break up this beautiful family. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's fucking dope. Uh, she's though. like, my marriage will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh my god! I fucking love right. it. Yeah, but um, dude, the first the first fucking um, person that I got a call from yeah. for that movie was Gene. Oh, no shit. Yeah, dude. So how like, did that go? Wait, I have to ask. Did he do the standard? Edward, this, this is Gene Simmons. Yes. from Kiss. Yes, from yes, yes. Okay. Mm. My uh, my friend Tim and I, we uh, we uh, we were just like coming home, and you know I had an answering machine at the time. That's like something you play messages on. <laughs> what the fuck like, is that? Yeah. <laughs> For our younger audience. So I'm, gonna, I'm walking around the house and I'm playing like my messages. My friend Tim's with me, and then he comes running in the room and he's like, "Dude, Gene Simmons just left a message on your phone, man." <laughs> like. He just called you, and I was like, really? And I mean, like, I was a Kiss fan, but I wasn't, like, super, he really is, dude. Sure. Like, and, uh, yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, he was like, hey, this is Gene Simmons from Kiss, and I'd like you to come to my birthday party. I want to, you know, pitch a movie to you and, like, all that shit. So it was on, dude. It was crazy. Wow. So I met him at his birthday party, and, yeah. Where was it at? Did you at his house? It was, no, it was somewhere, it was, like, some bar oh, okay. in Beverly Hills uh -huh. or something. And, 
Yeah, dude. That's fucking He sick. was bawling, dude. I'll tell you that much. Oh, he was oh, yeah. bawling. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that band's generated so much fucking money. I know, because I'm a big Kiss They're, nut. I saw him like yeah. 12 times in 24 months. and yeah. It's on my like bucket list shit. to see Kiss. I have yet to do oh, it, dude, but it's, it's amazing, on my bucket list. Are they done? No, they postponed because of COVID. Yeah. I oh, saw okay. the last tour. Did you go on that? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I was supposed to go, and my daughter got sick, and I was like, son of a bitch. And then... My daughter got really into Tool, so I took my kids for Christmas last year to see Tool, and she's oh like, God. Dad, and we could have seen Kiss as well. I'm like, yeah, we could have seen Kiss as well. But I got tickets for Motley Crue. That's my favorite band, so we'll, nice. we'll figure it out. But I heard Tool was amazing. Oh, phenomenal live. Yeah. Phenomenal live. Uh, That's someone I want to see. Yeah. Cool. Well, we I, okay, being that it was in the soundtrack, you have seen GNR live, right? See what? Guns N' Roses. Maybe no, it was on the T2. No, you never saw Guns N' Roses? I want to. No, 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 no. All-time like, favorite band, Guns N' Roses for me. All-time really? favorite. Yeah. Really? Oh, my God. Everybody. Yeah, dude, I want to. And they've been touring, yep. and, like, yeah. they were going to... I'm, I'm going to try to go see them. Yeah, for dude. Sure I saw I saw Guns N' Roses in, I think it was 07. So Axel was there, but it was, it was even after Buckethead. I couldn't tell you anybody. Dizzy Reed was still on the keyboards, but I everybody think, else I think DJ Ashba was playing guitar by then. I don't. I have no idea. I didn't yeah. recognize anyone except Axel and Dizzy Reed. And that. I mean, it was still cool to see Axel, but I would have loved to see Duff, Slash, you know, yeah. Matt Sorum, and all that. But you know, what are you gonna do? Maybe. Did they still rock pretty good though? Right? Oh yeah. Well, I I gotta see him with the the uh, reunion with Duff and Slash, and it was. Phenomenal. I'm too obsessed with them for them not to rock. Like even if it sucked, yeah. I'd be like, it was the fucking best show and I've they, ever been and to. They didn't, that's just how much I love it, them. They didn't suck. They were better than you could have asked, and they were on time. And Axel was phenomenal. It was like on time. All right, this is nothing that we were told oh it would be. God, the pattern man. has changed. So, yeah. but he changed. So, yeah. Uh, but sorry to jump over to that. So, Detroit Rock City. Uh, some of the great moments from that because it had to be. Just kind of a cool adventure. I mean, beyond the Shannon Tweed thing, fucker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was, dude. Like, um, yeah, man. It, we got to literally, like, we flew in a Kiss jet. You know, the Kiss jet, yeah. which was no awesome. Shit. We uh, got to, like, basically go backstage and hang out with Kiss, have dinner with Kiss. You know, it was like... Uh, it was pretty awesome, dude. Did you guys all bond, you and the other three guys that played with you in the movie? Did you guys all bond pretty well offset as well? Because it looked like you yeah. did during the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jimmy DeBello's like mm -hmm. still one of my good yeah. friends. Oh, cool, dude. cool. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Did Jimmy was Trip? Yeah, he was yeah, Trip. Trip, okay. he was fucking hilarious. Mm. <laughs> Spilled yeah. the bong water on the bed. <laughs> yeah. Dude, throughout that whole movie, it's funny. Because like, one of the biggest things that I remember is we had... Uh, ocarina of time you like the zelda game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and like yeah me and jimmy were just playing the fuck out of it so we'd literally be up all night playing zelda and then you know getting to work with Shooting like three hours morning, yeah. whatever, you know? which would fit the characters pretty well i would think yeah is there what are you big on like the rehearsal process and it's to me it seemed to also detroit rock city probably had some room for improv as well or Am I, were they pretty pretty well stuck on the lines and this is how it is, this is how we want you guys to go about it? It was pretty, yeah, there really wasn't much improv. I mean, everything was on the script. 
Yeah. I would imagine yeah. Gene Simmons being read, read the script. Go by the script. <laughs> well, he was more a producer. He wasn't a director. Well, I've, well yeah. he was hands-on, no? Wouldn't he not? Or? Well, he wasn't there the whole time. Oh, he gotcha. was, like, touring with Kiss. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Now, Eddie, when you make out with my wife, yeah. use tongue. Did Get he the not joke. want to be there for Dude, that? I saw him at the show, and he's, like, literally, because we, we went back there for the photo op right. and everything, and he was like, yeah, this guy made out <laughs> with my wife. <laughs> So oh, he still remembers shit. that. Oh. Little does he know, man. You, know? you almost came in between <laughs> yeah. the two of them. Little does he know. Uh, yeah. So beyond, you know, the initial kind of manifesting things, it's interesting you brought up The Secret because I'm listening to it on audiobook, and it's all about manifestation. Yeah. Um, was there any other roles that kind of came about? Because I was afraid when you are going to talk about a role that, that you didn't like so much because um, I actually really liked your Crow movie. Yeah. And because I love that whole story from the initial to the comic book and what it was. And um, yeah, kind of tell me how that one came about. Because, you, you know, kind of another reimagining of the crow presence, you know. Because people yeah. have this perception that, that have never seen the crow or that have only seen one of them. Well, the crow was Brandon Lee. No, no, no. The crow was the crow. Brandon Lee was his character. And then the next movie, he was his character. Is that how it and is in the he, comics? I don't. I only ever read some of the initial ones. My yeah. understanding is it stayed with with Draven. So, okay. but I'm just curious what it was like for you to kind of step into a sequel of a movie that you know had an, an iconic individual, but you weren't playing the same character. It was a totally different character altogether. Yeah, it was fun, dude. Um, you know, like. You know, obviously, like, you know, you can't really fuck with Brandon Lee, you know what I mean? So it's like, I looked at it as a completely, completely different thing, obviously. But, um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, Funny story, actually. Uh, This is a drunken story. (laughs) Is... uh, we were supposed... I felt... I feel so bad even today, but, like, we were supposed to start shooting. And... um, I think we were like a month out or something. And uh, I'm still friends with this guy. He's one of my best friends, Mike. But he was kind of my roommate at the time. Uh And I was really drunk. And I tried to stab him with a butter knife. And I like jumped off my couch. And I'm like, ah! And then all he did was back up. And then I fell down on the floor. And then like broke my wrist. Oh, shit. So I had to tell them like, okay, guys, I'm sorry. You might have to fire me. Like... (laughs) I broke my wrist, you know, like, how did you break your wrist? A uh, car crashed into me. Dude. <laughs> you know? and then, I uh, fell down the steps. <laughs> and, uh, the duck. Yeah, so, I mean, they pushed it back, and, you know, I mean, um, David Boreanaz was great. I loved working with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it was good, man. It was good. Yeah. It's good. It's fun, dude. Like, I mean, honestly, like, it's, yeah, it was kind of fun to be, like, sort of an action hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, kind of guy. And then you feel badass when the, uh, when the crow lands on your shoulder. Yeah, how the, the hell do they do that? They have a trainer and, like, a, a fucking little nougat that dude, it comes in. it's and fucking get... gnarly, dude. <laughs> like, first of all, like, you know, just trying to pretend, like, do, you know, have the cool guy thing going on. Sure. And this crow's like. That's <laughs> 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 your fucking head. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. But, yeah, I, you know, they put, like, this little kind of, like, 
food or whatever, and they just have it trained. It's amazing, dude. The thing just kind of like, and you know, they let me practice with it a little bit. Right, but, right. You know, still, you're just like, you know. I couldn't imagine staying in mode. Staying in mode? No, it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> There's this fucking in, thing, like, a wing hits your head, and you gotta <laughs> yeah. continue to look menacing yeah. and shit. It's like, oh my yeah. God. But it's tight, dude. Like, I was impressed. Those things are smart. Yeah. yeah, they're really smart. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't keep my composure. Be like <laughs> twitching out when it's coming near me. Like it's, it's good. We got the shot. Yeah, Mikey, stop talking though. Read the lines, okay? The wind picks up, and you don't want to leave the house. So, yeah, you know, but fuck it, dude. Did you guys see that video? It was like on YouTube, where there's like a crow, and it's like literally like egging on these two cats, and it's like trying to get them to fight. And then literally gets the crow, the cats to fight, and then like literally the crows just like jumping around, like, <laughs> watching this shit, and they fall off a roof and shit, and they're no. going at it, and the crows just like that's digging the first the thing, thing I'm doing like, when this is done. And though. he's like literally he's going behind one cat, and then he flies to the other one. He's like trying to get them together, and yeah. it's like. Dude, antagonizing son of a bitch. <laughs> they are smart, dude. They're yeah. just like, I'm going to get you little bitches to fight. <laughs> Thinking you can get up and knock my nest down. You hold the fuck on, all right? Uh, yeah. So you're going through this series of, of movies. Um, when's the point that you just realize that, hey, this is the rock bottom. This is enough. Was it you were you starting not to get work or having trouble with on set with work or was it kind of like work and everything else didn't matter anymore well i gotta tell you like for the most part you know i've had my few hiccups here and there but for the most part i've been sober at work like mm -hmm. I, you know even when i was fucked up mm -hmm. um if i had to clean up before work i would do it you know but um so i mean it really i mean honestly like, yeah, my career was getting affected, but that wasn't even enough. Sure. You know, like, I think, like, the biggest, you know, kind of thing that I, as I took everything for granted, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I stopped realizing how lucky I was. Yeah. And I just was willing to let it all go. And I didn't care. Like, mm -hmm. I just didn't care. And, like, uh, it got to, um, it just got to a point where, you know, I looked in the mirror, and it's, it's always that same old shit, but I was looking in the mirror, and I just didn't recognize who I was anymore, like, um, you know, and I was like, I was with a girl, and I, I still love her, and, you know, and I was just seeing what it's doing to her, mm -hmm. and just yeah. sort of like the whole toxic thing, and it's just, you know, I just realized I didn't want to be that anymore. Like, that's when, in, that's yeah. when you knew it was done. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just, you know, I got some crazy shit happened in, like, my life, and, you know, for good reasons. Mm -hmm. I did sort of feel sorry for myself for sure. a while, and, you know, I, I was like, you know, because I actually had bouts of heroin addiction. Like, I went through it, and then I stopped, and then I do a little coke and whatever, but it's like heroin really drags me down. So mm -hmm. then when I was, like, kind of in this really bad place, I was just like, fuck it, dude, I'm going to just shoot up heroin again and give up. And, uh, you know, like a lot of times we don't die. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm not suicidal, but it was like, I didn't give a shit. You yeah. know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, um, and a lot, you know, and I was like on a four-year run and it was like, I'm like, dude, this is four years, man. Like my life, like the world is moving on. Like yeah. people are, you know, you're like in your own little prison. Sure. So you know i uh yeah just couldn't take it anymore 
Yeah, I think that's the thing that, again, for people that, you know, tune in for uh, for different reasons and, and don't understand is that it really is such a fucking prison in your mind and it messes with your head because there's such a part of you that wants to be in the driver's seat, but it's not. Yeah. And that, that addiction is, and it's just such a fucked feeling. Dude, it's, it's, you know, yeah, I don't even know. I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of describe it. It's, yeah, you've lo- yeah, you've definitely like lost control, and uh, you know it's it's like a vicious cycle. You know what I mean? Like the more like you do this shit, the worse it's gonna get. The yeah. more you're gonna feel sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. You right. know, you have to. You know, I mean, and it all like stems from like deeper kind of issues like i you know i suffer from depression personally you know and uh that just it it just exacerbates it so it's like you know you have to get to this point where you're just like you know what because we all naturally want to be like i know what's up dude i don't need to be told what to do or whatever but you have to get to a point because we are you know we are like a flock of birds dude we need each other and it's like you know it's like you have to get to the point where you're just like, I need to take direction. Yeah, I yeah. need to like, you know, I don't know what's up right now and I need help, you know, yeah. and that's a fucking hard thing to do. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I, I really, because for me, my recognition of it came after my divorce to my, my kid's mom. And, you know, I blamed that, that marriage and stuff. And then realizing now where I'm at in life, it's like, it's all the fucked up shit that happened to me when I was a little kid that led me to the kind of relationships that I sought out and probably, you know, kind of the same for her and a lot of her, whatever her trauma was. And we just bonded with that fucking trauma. And we were like a supernova. Like when things were good, it was fiery passion. But when things were bad, it was a fucking explosion of dynamite, you know? Exactly. And um, same thing, man, like relationships, everything, you know, my ex-wife, dude, it's just, you know, and yeah, you're like the biggest part of it you know what yeah. i mean and it's not the drugs are a symptom but it's right. your fucking thinking that is what you know gets you into trouble and it's also like your mind is going to tell you that you know you can figure this out on your own kind of thing but like you really can't like no. um you know and uh i mean the good news for me at least is like you know my life isn't you know exactly you know where i'd expect it to be you know like but you know like the amount of work that we put in as drug addicts you focus that work on a positive things every day you know like it's amazing dude it's like you know you know every time i'm like god i want to you know shoot up I fucking, you know, go on a run or, mm-hmm. you know, do something loving for somebody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that energy just starts surrounding you. And before you know it, it's like you don't even want to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, well, and it builds which, what I'm hearing, too, is the, the thing of that we, I think, at least for me, was wanting a sense of connectivity. And like I said, very much a shy kid, awkward kid. Only time mm-hmm. I felt comfortable when I was being a goofball or doing a goofball voice or yeah. whatever it was or um so it was in wanting that connectivity and then you know it started out that way and it was a good time but then it got so far away from it that i lost that ability to um 
identify those positive things, those act of kindnesses, the 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 um, was the term that uh, Lamar Odom shared about Kobe Bryant, selfishly unselfish. So it's like yeah. in your yeah. doing for somebody else and being there for them, it's 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 unselfish but at the time it's coming back to you tenfold and you don't even realize because it's now giving you a sense of community to reach out to help others to be present for those yeah you know being present for my children now or my friends or whatever it's it's kind of a trip it's like yeah i don't i don't even is that how you do it guys can you confirm for me that's how you do it because i was never very good at this now yeah. I'm, i guess i'm getting there yeah it's weird man i think us drug addicts are fucking spiritual as hell dude like yeah. i just think like just naturally you are and then, like in the right place we we just are dude but uh yeah man um it's funny dude like i remember just in my 20s like you know this girl i was dating i mean she was like crying i was literally no, i was late teens 20s and it just she was freaked out because like if we went out anywhere it's like okay well i have to make at the time was screwdrivers so i had to drink up like three screwdrivers just so we could go out sure and i was like trying to explain to her like i don't know i just don't feel comfortable around people unless i'm drunk you know? your anxiety yeah and it just bit, freaked yeah. her out mm -hmm. dude it just freaked her out and it's like yeah it's still like that man i mean you know like i think every time and believe me two and a half years dude like i'm still literally like I, you know, a, a, a family member died basically just recently, and I oh, was with sorry. my cousin. Well, it's my cousin's mom, but uh, yeah, I was there for my cousin, and like, I hadn't seen my whole family in like, I don't know, like 20 years or anything, and I was there, and dude, I never wanted to drink so fucking bad. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, you know, but it's like, you get better at like weighing the consequences of everything yeah. you know mm -hmm. i don't want to lose everything that i've gotten right yeah. you know and i i don't know i feel like you know i'm not a religious person but i feel like there's something out there maybe sure. and i think you know just um you can kind of feel it in your instincts and shit and it's like you know like um yeah, I just, you know, get that vibe that it's, like, time to sort of suit up and just, you know, do something to be proud of. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, and I think one of the, the how you put it is um, addicts being spiritual is that I've had people say that they find that addicts in sobriety tend to be more empathic as well. And that's mm -hmm. kind of why, like, you talk about, like, family environment. And I know for me, certain settings and situations, it's like... I'm, I'm a same kind of thought, boy, I could go for a rum and Coke or 12 right about now that there's yeah. those things that are in kind of trigger moments or, or there's, there's emotions and feelings that are there yeah. that maybe you haven't really healed it with the family member or you still kind of feel with that old dynamic that just felt like shit. And you're like, okay, yeah. I got to put on a suit of armor and just. Sometimes that's what you got to do, man. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But those times, those few times that I feel like, because it's gotten so much easier, those few times that I put on that suit of armor, totally are way less now that, like, things are so much easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude. Like, I wake up in the morning, and it's like, I'm not worried about the cops coming into my house. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like, you know, fucking, I mean, I'm just, I wake up and I have no problems, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, um, none that I can't handle, like basically. Right. And, and I don't know, dude, like, 
you know it's it sucks like it's funny because i don't know if i would have been here if i didn't go through that whole journey so i'm kind of glad that i did yeah and it's uh you know so it's weird it's like this is gonna sound terrible but it's like almost like recommend it (laughs) you know but like you know good luck man because you might die doing it but you know I learned so much, sure. you know, from doing this. And I wouldn't be so, you know, I wouldn't feel the way that I do about life now if I hadn't have yeah. done that. So, I mean, it's it's a journey. You know, it's, yeah, it's for sure. And people that are going through recovery and, you know, if you're, you're listening and fans of Edward and hearing that, you got to remember that. It's just such a part of it is once you find that being grateful you know that's kind of the you don't take it all for granted like you said anymore it's kind of like okay life is life is kind of dope i'm good with this life sober life is the dope not the dope anymore yeah no it's 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 you know like you know especially since i've gotten sober and i just like and you start focusing on other people other than yourself and your own like morbid fucking just you know whatever like you know, then you realize, like, what the fuck was I bitching about? Dude? Like, literally, I'm so lucky. Everything, you know, I've I've had it so good. Like, I'm surprised I haven't been like striked with lightning or something. Like you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, because I mean, it could always be so much worse. Yeah, and absolutely. Just, you know, like, you know, I think as long as you have like a roof over your head, you have what you need. You have food. You have, you know just things that you need you know mm-hmm. and for me i've been blessed i've i've been able to have that mm-hmm. you know it's not i'm not spoiled rotten <laughs> but like i have what i need sure. and it's yeah. like i think that's kind of where it's at you yeah know? awesome yeah. well we like to finish up with some fun shit edward we do throw out some rapid fire questions so are you ready mm-hmm. all right i'll kick it off mikey uh, i'm gonna steal yours if you could have dinner with just oh, one person funny. Living or not, who would it be and why? So if you could have dinner with just one person, living or not, who would it be and why? Shakira. Because I want a humper. (laughs) (laughs) You saw that Super Bowl performance in the Niner game? Okay, so the funny thing is that's the same answer two episodes in a row row for totally different reasons. (laughs) Really? Oh, shit. Oh, 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 that's right. That's right. That's right. We had this, uh, her name's uh, uh, Dashama. She's uh, big in the yogi world, yogi yoga lady. Really crazy background. I mean, her mom. Uh, basically lost her mind from a combination of alcohol, LSD, and other drugs. And so she had a pretty crazy upbringing, um, but turned it around. And I mean, you talked to her, and she's just like this bubbly, like total energy ball. But yeah, Yeah. she said Shakira, too. No, she said Shakira to play her in a movie. That's right. That's right. Because the hips don't lie. So that's right. That's what it Shakira, was. Thanks for yeah. the honest answer. That, you know, we had. <laughs> hey, a, that's what we want on here. Knocking doors down. Honesty. Oh, oh shit. Um, okay, I got one. And I was curious. I just want to know what is the craziest thing a fan has done? Like, have they stalked you? Gotten tattoos of your face on them? Anything like that? What's the gnarliest fan story? Oh shit. Um. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Like I have to. Uh, yeah, let's see. I've had some fucking gnarly ones. Yeah, dude. I've had some gnarly ones. I've had. Uh, I've had. I've been threatened that I'd get like someone would inject me with AIDS, like oh, all sorts shit. of shit. Yeah, like I've had. Uh, I've had 
people like find my house oh, you shit. know shit like that but uh you know um yeah i don't know like so we're t- that's scary gnarly i don't know yeah, like uh man. i don't know well, dude you go to these conventions man i've been doing these and you know like uh god damn it and unfortunately because of the pandemic it's been kind of screwed up but uh yeah i mean for the most part like um you know it's funny because i i I thought i was gonna hate it because i was like you know just whatever and 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 honestly most of the fans are pretty cool they're pretty nice i don't think i've ever been to one i've always wanted to i've I've never been to smaller ones i've always want i've signed up for the lottery for like san diego and and those comic cons and stuff like that but it would be cool to check it out oh fuck yeah Yeah. oh dude but i dig the cosplay especially now hot chicks are doing all the oh my god you're just like holy shit i saw this one of this chick because i love boba fett and she was dressed that way i was like (laughs) <laughs> All right, this is oddly doing it for me. I know that character's That's a dude, really but sick, she's bro. rocking it. <laughs> well, she had like That's the cleavage funny, out and the, you know the yeah, midriff yeah. She's showing. Like, and... She's like hot Bobo Fett. Yeah, don't oh, make fun God. of me, <laughs> Mikey. You're into some weird stuff too. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Everything oh, I'm into shit. is completely normal. No, it's not. <laughs> oh my God. But uh, so the conventions are pretty cool. People are pretty chill yeah dude i've had i've had even worse it's like you know i it's like i don't even utter some of the things people have come up to sure. and ask like sure, sure, in terms yeah. of shit like that i mean you can you can uh i don't know man like yeah. you go all over the world you know well yeah i mean especially like all over this country and it's like you know i'm la native so yeah uh-huh. you, you realize how different right the culture is you know right. in different places sure, sure. and shit but um you know but even then like you know for the most part, most people are pretty chill and nice. And so how did the somebody threatening you with an AIDS needle come about? Like, was it an argument you guys had or something? Or did you just walk no, up to No, 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 no. He was, I was not answering, like, letters that oh. he was sending me. And then he's like, I'm going to show up to your house and, you know. So it's one of those Eminem with Stan kind of, type deals. Yes. You're Stan, you yes. didn't write me sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. Got you. And, uh. Yeah, he did show up to my house. Oh, fuck. So, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he didn't inject me with AIDS, but yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, yeah, That was probably like the gnarliest. That is the gnarliest one. That would trip me the fuck that out. That fucking freaked that me out. That would trip me yeah. out, dude. You're getting these letters and all of a sudden they show up like, nope. Dude, nope. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I tried to get like a, a restraining order yeah, back then. Yeah. And back then you couldn't get one mm-hmm. unless they actually did something, something to you. Yeah. to you. So it's like... You know, I was like with the police, and I'm like, wait a minute. So he has to inject me with AIDS before you guys right, go yeah. restraining order? I don't agree with this. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, Mr. Furlong, thank Just you. punch yourself in the face and be like, that crazy motherfucker did this. Yeah, I should have done you that. you see this? I should have done that, yeah. Uh, but now I'm like scared. I'm like, oh, God, I hope didn't like, you know, open up the yeah. Pandora's box again. Oh, so. Lord. Stay the fuck away. <laughs> Freak. <laughs> that guy. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, uh, Jason. If you could travel forwards or backwards in time, but she had to stay there, where what time frame would you go? You think the huh. future would be more interesting to go into or a past time period? Wait, could I go back as myself when I was younger or can I or would I have Ooh, to go back? For you, yes. That's a good question. I would go we'll, back. We'll for bend sure. the yeah. we'll bend it. Yeah. I'll go back. Fuck yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? I would go back and do everything right. Sure. And then hopefully be like multi multi millionaire. <laughs> What's yeah. the point of where you look at though that where you could go okay, everything 
this is the launching point where it could have gone right. Because you got to figure, okay, your parents, they yeah. created, you know, as it's all, they created you. Here it is. You had the childhood that you did. Yeah. You know, you went and lived with aunt, aunt and uncle right at some point. I would point. probably mm. go back to uh, probably my late teens, you know, kind of when it was like I was just doing acid and mushrooms and smoking weed and shit and, you know. Just be like, okay, we're just gonna leave it here. Trust me, <laughs> not you know, the next like level. things are gonna get yeah. fucked up if you don't stop. You know, sure. we're gonna do everything. <clears throat> we're never gonna take any of this for granted. We're gonna always show up to work, and you know, uh, yeah, I would definitely go back in time. That's cool. Yeah. It would be like hot, you know, uh, hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Sure. So if I were to say Google something, you wouldn't. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> it's <laughs> Google. Um, yeah. If they were to make a movie about you, who would play you? Who would you want to play you in a movie about Young, yourself? Younger self, all the way up through. You have a vision of people that could pull those off. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Right? There you go. There you go. Uh, oh, shit. shit. Get like whoever, like young Arnold, <laughs> just CG Arnold in the thing and yeah, Biba, yeah. whatever. And try uh, to get Shannon Tweed in there too. Huh? Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> oh, she's still a smoke show. Fucking A. I know, she still looks Hell good. yeah. Yeah, right. You ever like, a, yeah, I made out with that chick. No, you did not got it on film. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'll yeah, show yeah. you. No, it's not that kind of film, guys. This is legit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, very cool. Mr. Uh, Edward Furlong, man, this has been a blast and an honor. It's uh, cool to, oh, to, to sit and bullshit with someone and yeah. you kind of grow up watching their stuff and into adulthood and, Jeez, and most of all to see and hear how uh, good you're doing. And yeah. uh, the encouragement. Congrats on the two and a half years. Congrats on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Thank way to you. Good Thank shit, you, man. man. You know, yeah, I mean, just, you know, for anyone listening that wants to, you know, do this, you can, dude. You, mm -hmm. you really mm -hmm. can, man. And, uh, you know, don't, you know, time is ticking, dude. You know, yeah. you, you, the, every day that you waste doing this shit is another day gone. And it's like, you'll, you'll, you'll regret that. For so. sure. But you can do it. You yeah, can do it. For sure. Yeah, because we, uh, you know, was that the days of our lives? The sand through the hourglass <laughs> of our lives, you know? Oh, we don't know when that last pebble drops, so make the yeah. most of it, right? Yeah, and it's dropping fast. Oh, God. Right? Oh, yeah. God. I know some people feel 2020 has been really long. For me, it's felt so fucking quick. Oh, no. Quick. It's going quick as shit for me. We're coming up on Thanksgiving almost. Dude. Yeah. Thanksgiving yeah, yeah, next no, it's, month. It's it's going it's going quick. It's just been the worst year ever. Yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah, yeah. no. Overall, it's for right. everybody's mental, it must be like health. a yeah, like a you know, like something out of back. To, like it's one of those fucking days that are like you know. <laughs> right. We're in the paradox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, thank you, Edward. It's been awesome. Awesome, man. Thank oh, yeah. you. Thanks, man. It's been great, you guys. Knocking doors down. Real people, real stories, real life. Real discussions of life struggles, including addiction, relationships, finances, and more. But even more importantly, living with them, overcoming them, and conquering them. Celebrities, experts, and everyday people talk about how they were able to break through whatever life handed them by knocking doors down. New podcast episodes are available every Thursday. Subscribe now on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, or at kddmediacompany.com. Mr. Edward Furlong, what a, what a great guy. He was a laugh, right? And, and incredibly honest. You know, you don't want to assume the bad in anybody, but I feel like being 
so famous, so young. Mm -hmm. Substance and substance abuse is almost kind of inevitable, especially being in Hollywood. And, you know, your first gig, like Edward was saying, he didn't do no Mentos commercial, no right guard, no nothing. He went straight from being a kid to a kid sensation overnight like yeah. just one movie this girl sought him out at the boys club and bam he's starring in a movie with arnold schwarzenegger yeah you know what i mean like what the fuck like that's that's incredible so you almost kind of feel like i just said that it's almost kind of inevitable that that's going to happen and it sucks but the positive side is he came out of it he's happy where he is now he's uh almost three, three years. years sober three years sober yeah so yeah. you know you got to give him credit for that yeah, and he said like he said anybody that wants it you can get it just got to put in the work and um you know really interesting hearing his story because you know once you hear that oh he lived with his aunt and uncle mm -hmm. he got away from his mom and like i mentioned to him how ironic that the casting director that found him at the the um ymca or mm -hmm. wherever it was boys um, club yeah that it's almost like she recognized this angst in him. That, well, that they have that, I would feel. You, you know, know what I mean? Like casting directors, like they just have that in them. That's why they do what they do because, I mean, obviously we couldn't picture anybody else playing that role because that's how we all know yeah. him in Terminator 2. But I, he, I feel like he killed it. And being so mad at his mom at that particular time in his life yeah. when they said, be mad at your mom, go. You know, just see what you're like. And he just nailed it. I wouldn't have gotten that yeah. gig. Yeah. Me and my mom get along phenomenally. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, the, the additional irony of that is, like you said, uh, you know, talking about family history and such and, and it being inevitable of a childhood star, it's like those two things just uh, are, were on a crash course with each other. Yeah. You know, a lot of the insecurities, not stability in the home, um, you know, all those things that just play into often of who becomes an addict. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's good to see him sober. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. We definitely appreciate his time. And thank you guys for listening. Don't forget that uh, you can subscribe to us by going to kddmediacompany.com slash podcast. That link is in the description here on the podcast or whatever platform you're listening on now. Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, we are on Amazon Music by searching Knocking Doors Down Under Podcasts. Subscribe, spread the word, tell a friend, and we can't do it without you guys. So thank you very much for listening. Mikey, anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, keep knocking doors down. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. 
This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.